engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Neil Armstrong reporting the roll and pitch program, which puts Apollo 11 on a proper heading. FM, this is The Void Show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Andrew and I am your show host. I really hope you are well. I really hope you've been having a great week. I've been having a good one and I've really been excited for the topics we've been having on Active FM, uh, The Void. Uh, last week we had to speak about color, okay? And it was a really interesting show. It was really uh, an informative show, and um, we learned quite a lot. So if this is your first time joining us today, uh, welcome to The Void Show. Uh, uh, we are a great family of people who are just willing to learn new things every day, right? And if you had not yet checked that show out, you really might just want to check it out. It was a very cool and, and, and a good show, okay? Because we were really discussing, uh, the inherent nature of color, uh, uh, the essence of color, right? And how does color, uh, uh, relate with what we call light. Okay. So it was a pretty good show. You know, you must just watch that out. Now, uh, today you surely have seen what we're discussing. Of course, uh, it's a bit of a more technical show today, right? It's a bit of more engineering and, and, uh, I have a handful of questions prepared. And so we're going to be answering some of these questions, right? You might just want to think of these as frequently asked questions about space. Okay, these are some of the questions that, uh, you know, when uh, you've got your astronauts in space, maybe in an international space station or anywhere, then you'd find a whole bunch of people uh, gathering in some sort of a hall and they would be speaking with these astronauts and asking them questions like, how does space smell? Uh, why do you keep, uh, uh, you know, uh, floating nowhere? Right. So we've got those crazy and beautiful questions that we're going to be answering uh, today. Like as we've seen, as the title says, uh, how do satellites get into space? Right. We're going to be answering some of those questions. And, and, you know, the, the, there's a very beautiful history, uh, 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 on how did the space age actually begin, right? And, um, in the near future, of course, in the void show, I mean, that doesn't mean like hundred years to come, but we mean like, uh, in the upcoming weeks, uh, we've gonna be, we're gonna be speaking about the history of space age. Okay. The history of space age. It's a very, uh, strangely beautiful history, right? On how actually the space age began. So we're going to be covering that. And I think what makes it beautiful is, 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 is the fact that, and, and this is amazing because, you know, space age actually started around your, your, I mean, of course it was 20th century, but it was about, uh, at about 1950s. Okay. 1950s. And what's amazing about it is that, you know, um, the, the amount of, uh, uh, technology, if you might want to call it that way, um, 
1950s, people were already going to space, okay? They were already building rockets to explore space. And I, I think what's strange is that today we've got more more tools or more technology in a calculator than the one that was used to actually go to the moon back in time, right? We've got like more tools, more calcul, uh, uh, more calculator, but we've got more, um, uh, you know, technology. I think that's a good word. We've got more of that, uh, whatever you might want to call it. We've got more of it than, uh, scientists back in time actually used to get to explore spaces. So that's pretty quiet and it's pretty, uh, strange somehow. So, so I think that also tells us about, um, um, we've actually come far. Uh, uh, but, but there's, there's this, uh, disproportion or, you know, yeah, inverse proportion then that, that maybe the more, uh, technological advances we have as mankind, then the less probably creative we become. Okay. Probably the less, uh, 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 thinkers we might want to come. And we obviously had to touch on that, uh, back in time more. So yeah, we're going to have a great show today and uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Yo, how's everybody doing? My name is C. Living the Second, and you're listening to Active FM. Right, let's get to it. Okay, so um, just just a little bit of history. Let me just share just a little bit of history uh, on the question of when did the space age begin? Right, and this is so interesting. And you know, since we're discussing space. And how do satellites really explore space? I thought um, it it would be a good fit to actually discuss uh, on the the big question of when did actually space age begin, right? And uh, it's a very quaint history, especially on how it started out. And and I'd really would prefer to speak about this in the upcoming shows, right? Um, especially just a special one. On the history of space age, okay, or, or actually manned space manned missions, right? We're really gonna be discussing that. And I wanna make it its special show because it's really interesting and you wanna hear this out. You know, it's important to know the history of how things turned out. It's important to know the history. It is important. So we're gonna be speaking about this. But just to share a little bit with, with you on that, um, um, it, it's so interesting because, you know, uh, Space Age actually began mid-20th century, and this is actually on the dotted about the early 1950s, okay? Um, and, and you know, uh, you find these two countries, your back in time, I don't know now, it was uh, your Soviet Union, right? Of course, it's Russia, I mean, right? So, so usually it was USSR. Uh, Union of uh, Soviet Socialist Republics, right? Soviet Union, um, Russia, whatever that means, okay? Uh, so you find this country way back then in time and USA engaged in a very, 
you, you know, ferocious competitive war, you know, of supremacy against one another. Because then um, the triumph for the trophy would be for who's going to be the one that's going to begin the space age, right? <laughs> who's going to be the one that's going to begin the space age? And you can just imagine because of that, uh, great amounts of money are used, you know, to invest into space exploration, right? Because we want to be the first ones, right? The, the, the Soviets, we want to go there first. The USA, we want to go first. And interestingly, you know, and surprisingly, as, as I might think, um, in 1957, it was in October, your USSR, your Soviet unions won, uh, the title of who began the space age. They won it. And, um, you know, they actually won that by launching the world's first ever artificial satellite and it was named Sputnik 1 right Sputnik 1 i remember uh, we we once spoke about Sputnik on the voyage right and even though it didn't really do much in space um probably orbited earth for like uh, 3 weeks 21 days and um um there's 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 a little some stuff that it discovered of course and you know, um, it had to emit radio waves, of course, to Earth and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, there's a very little that it did, but then it, it cannot be denied that it marked a new stage in the history of humankind, which is the, the title, of course, it, it got the Soviet Union you know, of, of, you know, having the first ever satellite, artificial satellite that's built by humans to actually go into, uh, space. And so it was the Soviet Union who won the Space Age title, right? And after that, um, you find that your USA was now in pressure, you know, and it tried to do other stuff to launch itself. It hired some German scientists to help in the building of rockets. A really great history behind that. And, you know, um, uh, uh, people even believed that uh, <laughs> they were very frightened after this, the, 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 the USSR launched its uh, Sputnik 1 because they thought that it was actually spying them. Uh, it was sort of spying the activities from space, it's sort of looking from space and it's spying them. So, so that's a little bit of history behind, um, the, when did the space age begin? And, um, obviously we would want to speak about, um, 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 uh, which, which country was first to explore the moon as well? Um, you'd actually find that it was the USSR. Again, um, you know, it sent the, the first probe to visit the moon's surface and they didn't really do much, right? And, and you actually find that a bit later, you know, you have your Americans, uh, they sent what is, what was called Ranger 7, right? It was an American probe went to the moon's surface in about 1964 and it really managed to take some closer pictures uh you've got your luna 9 you know uh luna 9 was actually the very first ever probe to sort of successfully land on the moon uh, and and obviously uh then you would have your your apollo missions that sort of were following afterwards right so so so, so what was the first living thing in space that actually, 
Uh, remember then you have your, your Soviet Union sending, uh, uh, you know, the very first ever artificial satellite into space and that was actually successful. Uh, a, a few months later, right? Uh, well, actually less than one month, uh, less than one month, um, your, 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 your Soviets, they again claim another achievement, right? By sending the first living uh, creature into space. So, so that one was the, the, the mission was not the mission, but, um, usually when, when, when your Soviet Union would send, uh, the thing would send, I mean, Sputnik programs, you want to call it that, when they would send satellites into space, depending on when it happened, they would na- then name them Sputnik one, right? The second one, Sputnik two, the third one, Sputnik three. Okay. So less than a month. Uh, after Sputnik 1 was launched into space, uh, the Soviets then sent Sputnik 2 into space and it carried the very first living creature into orbit around Earth, right? Um, still 1957, actually, this is one month. So, so that spacecraft was having a dog inside. It was the very first ever living thing, like a dog. Uh, uh, it went to space. That spacecraft was specially designed for that dog, right? The name of the dog is Laika, right? Um, Laika. Um, it was a beautiful, uh, spacecraft. It was designed for that dog specially and it had some sort of a krell inside of it as well. So, so, so unfortunately Laika died, uh, because of the supply of oxygen, right? Because of the supply of oxygen and, and that was the first, very first ever living animal or a living creature to sort of be sent to space. And then, I mean, uh, uh, then more animals have been sent to space after Laika. Um, um, even Americans, they've sent, um, your, your apes called chimpanzees, right? They were long, they were sent to space as well. Um, a lot of them actually, and you know, um, we've got some other popular dogs that have been sent to space again. Your Belka, your Strelka, right? Uh, uh, like your Sputnik 5, right? Up until Sputnik 5, animals have actually been sent to space, okay? Right, so that's pretty much it. So, so another question, what are the conditions on the moon and why do astronauts sort of jump? Um, so here's the thing. Uh, you see on the moon, you, um, so you, you, the, the gravity is, is actually the sort of vital factor in everything. Okay. And, and the, the lack of atmosphere as well. So the gravity in the moon is, is, um, uh, about one sixth of Earth's gravity. Okay. So it's, it's really, really, really less. Okay. And you need to remember that gravity is actually highly related with the mass of an object. Okay. Um, anything that has got mass has some sort of a gravitational pull. It has. Okay. Anything that has got mass. But obviously, if we then start to speak about your planets, your stars, uh, your moons, your comets, those are much bigger objects. Okay. It's not like your ball. It's not like your bed. Right. It's, 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 it's not that right. It's not that size small. And so the bigger it is, uh, the messier it is, 
the more gravitational pull it's going to have, okay? So the moon is, is actually big, but then it's not as big as Earth, okay? The moon is actually quite small compared to Earth. And so because of that, it really goes way beyond because there, there's a fact of density as well, but that's more complex than it is. There's a fact of density as well, like your neutron stars, um, really small, but have a very great and vast amounts of density that it's, it's got, you know, crazy amounts of, of gravity, right? Uh, yeah, neutron stars. So, so in the case of the moon, it's pretty much smaller than Earth. Uh, so its gravity is about one sixth of Earth's gravity. Okay. Which means, um, astronauts, I mean, uh, which means that the, 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 the gravity that it sort of exerts isotropically is, 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 is a bit less than that of Earth. Okay. It's less. It's, it's less. That's why, uh, uh, astronauts would sort of jump several times or several meters effortlessly. Okay. That's because the gravity is, very less. So if gravity is less, um, it's, it's not pulling you as fast as earth would do, right? Great. So, so there's no atmosphere on the moon, of course. So, um, um, sound again, sound is another factor because of no atmosphere, right? Uh, because of the absence of the atmosphere. Um, so your sound, sound would sort of have to have some sort of a medium to actually, uh, propagate through in order to be heard. So, so the moon, you've got no atmosphere. So sound cannot be carried even over a small distance. Okay. Because of no air, because of no atmosphere. Okay. So radios would actually ha- be used to communicate over a few centimeters on, on, on the moon. Right. And again, because there's no weather on the moon, uh, the footprints of astronauts would last for thousands of years, right? Because of the lack of, because of the lack of atmosphere, because of lack of weather. Okay, great. So let's play a song. Uh, here's our very own active worship, Endless Victory. Enjoy.
worship for saying to you endless victory thank you so much for still being here if you are still here it means you are really loving and enjoying what we're speaking about today and of course as you may have seen it's how do satellites get into space and we're going to be answering that question now uh, uh thank you so much for still being here this is the void show on active fm and i'm still your show host andrew so how do satellites get to get into space okay how do satellites or your rockets uh, get into space? Okay, so now here's the thing. You see, everything that enters space, it could be from rockets, from satellites, to astronauts. It does so through an incredible power of rocket Propulsion. Okay. So what is propulsion? Propulsion is the act of driving something forwards. Okay. Your car has got a propulsion in one way or another. Uh, your boats, they've got propulsion. Right. Rockets have got propulsion. Okay. So rockets, your satellites, they're able to get into space with that incredible power of rocket propulsion. Okay, now here's the thing. If a rocket is going to be able to get into space, it must have what we call escape velocity. Okay, escape velocity. Okay, escape velocity 
is the minimum amount of speed that the rocket needs to escape Earth's strong gravitational pull. Okay? So Earth obviously has a gravitational pull, right? It's got a gravitational pull. And obviously, the further you move away from Earth, the weaker the gravitational pull becomes. Uh, but it's there, okay? And and in order for you, the reason why you are able to jump and come down to Earth, that's because you 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 you, you are jumping with a speed that's less than uh, uh, escape velocity. So the moment you reach, or if 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 you could just have that minimum velocity. That's going to allow you to to not come back to Earth, okay? Obviously, when you jump, you go up, but then eventually you come down. So you need the minimum amount of velocity that's going to allow you to, to not come back, but to continue moving upward, okay? If you could have that velocity, we call it escape velocity, and that velocity of speed sort of allows you to escape Earth's strong gravitational pull, okay? And if you have done that... um. Uh, a, a speed launcher or, you know, your rocket would have to reach it about, you know, that, that's, that, that's the speed of about, um, uh, uh, you know, 27,000 kilometers per hour. A really huge amount of speed. Okay. <laughs> the escape velocity. And, and obviously that would be that about 18,000 miles or 17,500 miles, uh, uh, per, per, per hour. Somewhere there. Right. And so once the rocket is now in orbit, or once the rocket is now in space, its power is going to shut off. Okay, the power is going to shut off because it has sort of escaped this uh, 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 Earth's gravitational pull. But that, that does not mean there's no more gravity in space, right? That's not true. It's a myth that you don't have gravity in space. There is gravity in space. Why rockets, I mean, your satellites, they orbit Earth because of gravity, Okay, it's not that there's no gravity. They orbit Earth, but the reason they don't fall down to the ground, even your astronauts, they still experience gravity even though when they're in space. Right? And they, they, there's gravity in space. It's a myth that you don't have gravity in space, right? There's gravity in space. That's why they float. That's why uh, satellites orbit Earth with nothing. Right. The reason they're not able to come down to the ground, that's because they've reached that escape velocity. So their speed sort of cancels out uh, 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 the gravitational pull. OK, so they are so fast that that when they have to fall down to the ground, they miss the falling. So it continues like that. When they fall down to the ground. So Earth is pulling them in all its directions, the sphere. So it's pulling this. It's pulling this satellite, but it's, it's, it's not able to come down to the earth because, because the moment is gonna, it has to fall down, it misses the falling. Okay. And so it, it turns like that. The moment earth pulls it over, it misses the, the falling. It turns like that. Right. The moment it, 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 the, the earth wants to pull it, it misses the falling. Right. So it keeps an orbit in, 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 in that way okay so that's actually how rockets works or your, your satellites but the question on how rocket work actually um um of course it's pretty much the same uh thing it has to produce enough 
uh, what's the word? It has to produce enough uh, thrust. You might want to call it a thrust, okay? To overcome gravity and lift its own weight upward, okay? And and uh, uh, rockets would normally burn uh, liquid, right? Yeah, those are chemicals that uh, rockets use for for uh, propulsion and stuff. Uh, so your liquid hydrogen, right? Uh, your your liquid oxygen, right? Um, and that would of course happen in a specific uh, chamber, okay? Uh, combustion chamber. So if you hear any word that's speaking about combustion, you have to know that there's oxygen involved. Combustion reaction, there's an oxygen involved in there. Okay, so that's it, they, they, some other uh, rockets would use combustion. Oh, of course, they would use uh, combustion uh, processes to actually get into into space. So so it's liquid oxygen and liquid um, hydrogen. Okay, so so. So, 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 yeah, that's, that's why you would have that, uh, gaseous thing escaping the base of the rocket. Okay. That's because, um, for every, for every rocket fuel burned. Okay. And that fuel will be, of course, uh, what we've just spoken about. It burns liquid hydrogen and, uh, oxygen. So for every, uh, fuel burned, an exhaustive, uh, gas is allowed to escape from, you know, the base of the rocket. Okay. So as you can imagine, great amounts of, um, uh, great amounts of, um, uh, uh, fuel that are bent actually. Okay. And, and, and Newton's laws are used for that. Okay. Newton's laws are used because, because, um, it's, it's, it's like as, as, because as temperatures will, it's like as, as temperatures, as high velocities, you know, uh, uh, your gases are fired downwards, right? The fuel, right, is happening. It's getting burned. And as a result of that, you have these high temperature, high velocity gases, right? That are fired downwards. And, and because of them being fired downwards, they exact an equal opposite force that forces this rocket or that forces that fire, uh, that, that sort of fires this rocket upwards. Okay. Did you get that? So you've got your fuel is burned, right? In a congestion, in a combustion chamber inside this rocket. And as a result of that, remember we said for every fuel that's burned, uh, you've got that exhaust, uh, uh, gas that's actually allowed to escape at the bottom of the, of, or at the base of the rocket. Okay. So, so, so we don't just speak about small things. It's really, really big things. And so, and so because of that high temperature, you know, high velocity gas that's sort of exhausted at the base of the rocket, right? It's sort of fired downwards. Uh, 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 that exerts an equal and opposite force that fires the rocket upwards, right? It's pretty much the same. Like when you are uh, pushing somebody, you push somebody with a high force, they're going to go that way. And if you push them with enough force, you're going to have to go the opposite direction. Okay. It's Newton's third law of motion. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Some people use this law in, 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 in a very weird way, like in their lifetime. That's not what it means, right? Every action uh, has an equal and opposite. Re- that's not what it means, but it's, it's, uh, it's actually meaning physically, right? Like in physics, when you apply a force on a body, it's going to exert the same force to you, but in the opposite direction. Okay. When you push on a bicycle, 
you might, it's going to go on the, that way. You've applied that force, but it's going to apply the same force back to you. Okay, you push on a wall. The reason you go backward is because it's applying the same force that you're applying on it, but in the opposite direction. Okay, so this is not uh, weirdly apply on our life and, and stuff. That That's not what it means. Okay, so that's pretty much uh, uh, how far we've managed to get today. And I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you learned a lot. So, so right after this, we will be closing. Molecular gastronomy. Molecular gastronomy is um, the fact that you're reading it is a problem. I am definitely not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, so molecular gastronomy has to do with molecules. Yes, and gastronomy is a study. <laughs> yes, yeah. because of the anomaly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So molecules and the study of gas. Radio has never been better. Because uh, we have just reached the end of the Void Show. Thank you so much for having listened to us today. Um, I really hope you uh, learned some stuff, right? And and next week we're really going to be speaking about uh, some crazy and fun facts about the universe. So make sure that you share out the show and um, you come back again next week to hear on what we got for you in the void or on the void, right? Whatever that means, on the void show. So um, stay safe, all the love from Active FM and... Have a great week. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Twitter and Twitter at ActiveFM. Instagram at ActiveFM777. And Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.